Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. You are you, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, we we spend a, a good amount of time here on the show looking at extraordinary, strange things, from the paranormal to government cover-ups to the inner reaches of the human mind and the furthest edges of the known universe. And we do this as a unit. The most important part of the show is you. We've said it pretty often. And some folks have written in to us asking about, um, you know, Matt, Noel, Ben, where's the shout-out corner? And as we teased earlier in a, in a previous episode, we've been saving up. So we're returning to a shout-out corner today, not as a moment in an episode, but as an entire episode. That's right. If you have uh, tweeted to us, written us an email, maybe a Facebook message, stay tuned because you might be on the air telling your fellow listeners the stuff uh, they don't want you to know. And you might be asking yourself, why do I want to listen to a bunch of listener mail? That seems like a cop-out, like the clip show of podcasting. Well, let me tell you, we have some pretty cool stuff in here that will be fodder for future episodes and some really great stories in and of themselves. So listen up. It's going to be fun ride. Yeah. And let us know if there's something that you react to, that you have some insight into, or that you think would make a, an absolutely fantastic episode. We want to hear from you. And uh, what do you think, guys? You want to get to it? Shout out corners. Let's get started with a note from Zeke, who wrote us an email. Zeke is interested in something that uh, he refers to as empaths. So these are, he says these are hard to prove, but there's research to suggest that there's something more than body language to sensing emotions in others. I guess body language and speech mm -hmm. is what he's referring to here. Uh, maybe there's some sort of invisible way of feeling others' emotions that could explain mood swings or things like depression and even psychopaths, perhaps, who may lack the sense that empaths have in excess. So 
when we discussed in our psychopaths episodes, both mm-hmm. audio and video that came out recently, we discussed how there's almost a lack of an ability to empathize with others, with someone mm-hmm. who is clinically diagnosed as a psychopath. Right. And there's, there's, I'm glad this is coming up because there, there are a couple, there are two things I'd like to address here. Uh, first, we were looking at it from a criminological standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I want to make clear as far as a uh, psychiatric diagnosis, what is called psychopathy, psychopathy, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or the, you know, state of being a psychopath in the world of criminology qualifies along with uh, sociopathy as antisocial behavior disorder. Yeah, it's on that spectrum. It's on that spectrum. The second point here that you may find interesting, Zeke, and other people uh, who are fascinated by the idea of empaths, is that there is there is somewhat of a scientific basis that goes beyond just body language and intonation. And it's something that our buddies over at Stuff You Should Know did a great job with, the mirror neuron. So a mirror neuron in your brain, it's a neuron that fires both when you do an action and when you see an action, the same action performed by another. So the neuron beha- mirrors the behavior of the other, just like you were, you were also acting. It's been observed in primate species and some, something similar is probably happening with birds. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Noel. Uh, gross. <laughs> well, I just want this mirror neuron thing. You may know that feeling when you see someone get hurt. Uh, let's say, Kicked, uh, if you're a male, kicked in uh, the groin area. The, the jimmies? So, I mean, I don't know if you guys experience this, but I feel like a, it's not necessarily pain, but it's like a reaction that I have when I see that occur. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's right. the thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a great uh, study by a guy named Marco Iacoboni at uh, University of Los, University of California, Los Angeles. And the idea here is that mirror neurons are the basis of empathy because they allow us to understand the actions and the intentions of other people. 2005, uh, he said that mirror neurons could discern whether another person picking up a cup of tea planned to drink from it or just move it, clear it from the table. Hmm. However, this is, of course, a, a controversial idea, and we know a lot of stuff gets misreported in the world of science. But, Zeke, that may be encouraging to you, and uh, it will be worth your time to dig in. I would start with an excellent primer would be the Stuff You Should Know episode. And uh, I know it might seem weird sometimes that we plug other people's shows, but we only plug the ones we believe in. And the, the last thing Zeke says here is that perhaps these empaths, if they are real... Maybe they can be the key to determining who among us are the true psychopaths or sociopaths, the people who are faking emotions to deceive us all. Um, interesting <laughs> thought, Zeke. Uh, a, a small, I don't know, strike force of empaths that go through and sweep a city to, just to check everybody. That sounds a little dystopian, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cool. So what's next? I have one that's in a similar vein that I would like to follow up on uh, from Whitney H. Uh, regarding the psychopath episode. Um, she starts off by saying she really enjoys listening to the podcast and thinks generally we convey topics in an interesting and sensitive manner. And she hates to be, quote, that guy, but has some comments about one of the things, one of the ways we discussed the issue of psychopaths. Um, there were, I, I'm bringing this up because it was me that made this comment. There were several instances where psychopaths were described as wearing a, quote, human mask. I harped on that several times in the episode. Um, and a uh, general description of them pretending to be human or acting human. Now, Whitney H. says that she is a person with an autism spectrum disorder and understands what it's like to not understand and connect with other people and not process the world or act like other people. Um, from her email, throughout my life, I've had to learn to analyze and censor the way I act to try and get along more smoothly with my neurotypical fellows. Maybe some would see this as manipulative and disingenuous. I don't know. But even though changing my behavior may make things a bit easier for me, it isn't for my benefit but to make the people around me more comfortable. Um, so I think Whitney took issue with me using the phrase human mask and uh, describing psychopaths as being subhuman. And I think she maybe thought that I was using that as a stand-in or applying it to any other neurological conditions such as autism. And that certainly wasn't my intention. I think I was 
honing in on the very specific kind of calculatedness that goes along with being a true psychopath. And we were talking about serial killers and the idea of sort of, you know, being able to blend into your surroundings in order to ultimately ensnare, you know, your prey. Yeah. And uh, obviously that is not something even remotely related to having a condition like autism. And I totally understand the idea of someone with a condition like that having to adapt to make things easier for those around them. And I do not think that is manipulative in the least. Um, I just want to make that clear. And uh, thank you, Whitney, for writing in. Yeah, thank you so much, Whitney. And this, this is a good point. I think somebody else may have mentioned in a, in a similar email, we talked about the uh, mass media's um, misleading depiction of people with this condition. Uh, for instance, the example we use is Norman Bates in Psycho, and we said people that would qualify as psychopaths are definitely not just running around uh, stabbing people in showers and stuff. And we, uh, I want to make sure that people understand that what we were talking about was against the mass media depiction of that. And uh, we, the three of us, don't believe that anybody is subhuman. Uh, sometimes people don't behave at uh, the best of to the best of their ability. But heck, you could say that about uh, me and Noel. And I don't know about you, Matt. You're pretty. You're pretty uh, noble. Matt's a bit of a saint. Matt's yeah, a bit of a saint. But don't get saint me started. Matt, oh. Saint Mattias. Wow. <laughs> saint Mattias. Don't saint- get me started on Dick Cheney. <laughs> all right. He's the only one. Uh, all right. So uh, here's here's another one. Uh, we'll go ahead and dive in here. This is a recent one that goes uh, that follows up to our podcast last week on the Battle of Los Angeles. Amanda F. writes in, and Amanda says, just finished listening to the Battle of Los Angeles podcast and wanted to share a previously unheard witness account. And this is great. This is exactly what we were hoping to get. So Amanda says, my grandmother, who passed away this August at the age of 95, was living in Los Angeles at the time and told me what she saw and heard during the incident. Most of the account was typical witness stuff. Woke up to loud noises. Everyone was freaking out because they thought they were about to be bombed by the Japanese army, etc. However, she told me that when the firing finally stopped and all the smoke had literally cleared that all the neighbors came outside to see what was going on. What she remembered as odd was that the army had the end of a nearby street heavily cordoned off and would not let anyone near it. Neighborhood scuttlebutt was that they had a a Japanese uh, official or aircraft, uh, but they used the 1940s terminology. They had something cornered down there. In retrospect, it may have just been shrapnel or debris they were trying to protect the public from, but I did think it was odd and wanted to share uh, and thanks so much, Amanda. Also, uh, for listeners who are interested in the paranormal, Amanda says she reads a funny paranormal blog called No Faint Hearts in Fort Worth. So if you guys are mm-hmm. interested in the paranormal and, you know, we're always looking for new stuff, uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. I haven't looked at it yet, but I, I will this week. My brain is trying to come up with ideas. Like maybe it, they were unexploded. Ordnance? Uh, ordnance, yeah, maybe that's one thing, because if nothing really did get shot down. Maybe it was a UFO. Oh. Or maybe it maybe it was a Japanese aircraft and this was covered up. One other great thing that people brought up was what they said was a lack of debris. Yeah. Which we couldn't find. We, we have yet to find some really solid contemporary sources, like sources of the time, saying there was a lack of debris. But you can read, you know, the original statements from the Navy and the Army and see how they contradict. And you can also read some of the uh, some of the journalism at the time. Yeah. And it doesn't mention a lack of debris. It just mentions that there might be more to the official story. Life magazine had a whole layout of some debris. But mm-hmm. again, it looks to be shrapnel from the ordnance. Right. Right. Rather than some other piece of aircraft, mm-hmm. like a wing or a propeller or a. Saucer. Anything. Or a balloon, you know? <laughs> or balloon a balloon, parts. yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Amanda, uh, for giving us this eyewitness account. That stuff is worth its weight in gold, or more than its weight in gold, since we're talking about email. Who's next? <laughs> I've got one here from Brian, who wrote to us. So Brian wrote us a, a very long story that he's experienced somewhat personally, at least living in the area where this is occurring, in Northern California, in a, uh, a rural farming community 
called Dixon. And there is, there was a businesswoman there who came forward with the, the idea of let's buy up a bunch of this land here, or let's at least, let's take a lot of the land in this rural area and let's make a huge movie studio. You guys, what, what do you say? Let's do this. I've got some backing. I've got some connections. I've done this kind of thing before. Um, I'm going to start buying up the land with this company that I own. It's going to be great. And everybody's going to make a ton of money. Let's do this. Well, it turned out that, uh, that wasn't all true. Uh, this woman, Carissa Carpenter, for nearly 20 years sold this dream of creating a, a movie studio here in Dixon. Uh, she got local officials on board. She got tons of money from, uh, from the county from the town, from uh, local people who owned property, like buying up properties. Right. So what what we're seeing here is the Brian has sent an excellent on-the-ground concrete, ongoing example of psychopathic behavior. So Carissa Carpenter, according to her opponents, has spent uh, almost two decades, the better part mm-hmm. of 20 years, uh, but she hasn't spent it all in Solano County. She's been in El Dorado Hills, South Carolina, Lathrop, and then, you know, most recently, Dixon. So you can read accounts, as Matt said, uh, from the story Brian sent us about various people who have been built by this person or say that they have. Uh, and currently she had an indictment for, or as of 2014, she had an indictment for mail fraud, wire fraud, lying to FBI agents. And uh, she told an agent 50 to 75% of the investor money went to company expenses. But uh, it seems that that just happens not to be the case. And, you know, if you, we encourage you, if you feel that you have an ongoing story of uh, psychopathic behavior that you think would be valuable to your fellow listeners, uh, go ahead and send it our way. Up next, we've got one from Jordan, subject line, officially a cannibal. Since my teenage years, I've had a fascination with cannibalism, and two years ago, I finally got to be a cannibal. Whoa. A friend had a child, and she knew that eating the placenta would be something I would be into. Oh, God. She planned it out, and after several strange looks from the doctors, she brought it home, and we cooked it like a steak with mashed potatoes and beer. She decided not to go through with it, but I ate about half, and it was the grossest meat I've ever eaten. I'm officially a cannibal now, and I can put that strange quirk to rest. (laughs) I love the idea that, I love the idea, Jordan, that your friend said, your, your friend (laughs) said, hmm. Who would this be perfect for? <laughs> and immediately thought of you. And then you were like, you know what? Yeah. Give me half, <laughs> give me half of that placenta. <laughs> and it's weird because eating a placenta in various cultures is seen as a very powerful thing, right? Well, and I sure. think even like a lot of uh, women save their placentas and you can, you know, freeze it or something and mm-hmm. you make it into a smoothie or yeah. it's supposed to be really good for your hair, maybe? I don't know. We got Maybe. pretty close to uh, making a smoothie, and I was terrified the entire time. Yeah, so I just Googled it. There's a whole uh, Google Instant came right up with placenta hair products. Oh, wow. Oh. The practice of eating your placenta, by the way, is called placentophagy. Mm. Apparently, it restores texture, body, and shine. Yes, according to the FDA, right? So, Right, there's a logic to it, though, because... You know, the placenta is such a, uh, such a central thing to providing, uh, nutrients and oxygen for the fetus, right? And it's got a lot of iron. It's got a lot of stem cells. Yeah, it's got stem a lot cells. Of stem cells, postpartum hormones. Uh, so some people say it will protect against postpartum depression, uh, only if you eat your own and, Mammals, in general, routinely do this in the wild. We only eat our own, Ben. We only eat our own. Oh, yeah. All right. That was, that was a good one. Was it lunch yet? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Jordan, we're glad that you, we're glad that you were able to have the cannibal experience in a healthy, consensual way that did not harm anyone. And I think that's one of the biggest parts to get, yep. get to here. All right, so it's a good takeaway. Yeah, it's a good takeaway. Uh, it's it's the gentle gentle cannibalism with friends. 
All right, so we have uh, another email that we think would be. Wait a second, is the placenta the gateway drug? The, the kind gateway of thing? cannibal. <laughs> gateway meat. Oh, God. Uh, All right. So while we're with the Jordans, let's go to another Jordan. Jordan M writes to us and says, Hi, my name's Jordan. I'm a new listener, but I'm loving your stuff thus far. Thanks, man. That's really kind. Uh, so the first episodes, one of the first episodes I listened to was the one on alchemy. There's one thing I just can't get out of my mind. The Hermes Mops sponsor advertisement. Uh, Jordan, you said it was fictional, uh, which we'll get to later. Yeah, I'm not that. sure what he means by that. I'm not either. Uh, he said the ads was one of the single greatest pieces of audio literature I've ever heard. I was wondering uh, who wrote it so I could uh, consume more of their media. Whoever wrote that ad's genius storyteller, whoever produces, brilliant as well. Everything about it was entrancing, right down the voice acting. I was bummed to find out it wasn't an ad for an audio book. Well, no, Jordan, it's an ad for Hermes Mops. Yes, they're uh, actual mops. Right, and with our with our sponsors, what what we want to do is make sure that we're on the up and up and uh, telling telling the truth, and it's only stuff that we think you would want to hear, we would want to hear. So we do write ads in-house and our, our erstwhile, uh, guest host who, who comes on, works with us on the show, Lauren Vogelbaum, uh, wrote the copy for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've tried Hermes Mops ourselves and, you know, it's a whole new world. A clean house well, is you know, a whole new world. You say she wrote the copy, but she did work closely with the actual sponsor. I mean, we have to, we have to at least admit that, right? Right. And she's different now. Yeah. And I mean, and there was definitely some input from the elder ones and the like, you know, and a lot of that, uh, sound effects, not Foley work, my friends. No. That is what they call field recordings from the other side. But if I'm gonna, you know, be a little bit, uh, not modest, I, I did uh, put that Add together mm-hmm. with source material provided by the sponsor. Right. And, and um, uh, I think it turned out really well. So, yeah. you know, Jordan, um, you know, just check out Illumination Global Unlimited. They're, they're only on the dark web. Uh, you're going to need a special browser right. um, to get to their presence. But, you know, it's out there. And if you really want to open a portal to the other side... Then I think you'll do what it takes, my friend. Yeah, they don't just do great work at Illumination Global Unlimited. They do the great work for everyone who's listened to our alchemy episode. And, you know, we write, we write our own copy too, and we work with them. If you are searching for them and you feel like you can't find it, some stuff on the web, you can always follow up with us and we'll tell you what we can. But here's a handy trick we learned. Uh, if you are not getting web results, um, you need to check the constellations because you might get different results depending on the passage of the stars and the movements of the heavens. So thanks so much for listening uh, check, and uh, check out some more Illumination Global Unlimited. Uh, we just want to say we appreciate your time, guys, very much if you are listening. Illumination Global Unlimited is not legally liable for the following conditions induced by listening to sponsorship or encountering products there advertised. Pleurisy, brain fever, myfialgia, placentophagy, necrophagy, cannibalism, autocannibalism, new wave synth, electropop, juggalos. The opinions expressed on stuff they don't want you to know do not necessarily reflect the opinions, magical workings, occult practices, or vast cover-ups of Illumination Global Unlimited. Jordan's email was brought to you by Illumination Global Unlimited. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay, and even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life, and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Does money stress you out? Let Facet flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding Facet immediately put us Facet's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us Facet for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit Facet.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Moving on. Next, we're going to move on over to West, who sent us an email. He says, I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks, West. And I often listen while I'm working. I do security as an armed guard at a large ski resort in Montana. Recently, while working a graveyard shift, I listened to an older episode of yours, the Halloween special 2015. Normally, I'm not very afraid of the dark and conduct myself just as I would during the day. But after listening, the hair on the back of my neck was standing all night. During the off-season and after dark, it sometimes feels like I'm the only one on the mountain. Part of my job involves performing checks inside large maze-like workshops and maintenance areas, often only by flashlight. After listening to the story of the ghostly maintenance man, I was more jumpy than I've been in years. Thanks for keeping me alert and on my toes while at work. I look forward to more creepy episodes in the future. You know, Ben and I actually just got back from a uh, a bit of a top-secret journey, shall we say, where we found ourselves in uh, the off-season staying in some um, very remote ski resorts. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Very, very uh, overlooked from the show. Very overlooked. But, and actually, one of them, we were there on the last day of operation before they closed down for the off, 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 off season. Mm-hmm. And um, our buddy Casey, who was traveling with us, asked a waiter, it's like, so what, what, what's the deal when, when no one's here? Is the caretaker here? Has he, all, has he always been here? Right. And uh, this, it, it was very interesting because those places can seem so desolate. They're places that are built for crowds. And when those crowds aren't there, it feels, it feels as though it's still not empty, that there may be something regarding you. Uh, to follow up with West, uh, because this is, this is a very important point. We receive all kinds of correspondence, and when we received that correspondence, you know, at first we thought it was absolute malarkey, and we still didn't. I think in that episode, we we don't pass too much judgment. We tell you our personal opinion or speculation and some issues that we have with it, uh, but we did do a staged reading of this, mm-hmm. and... If you haven't checked it out yet, we encourage you to listen in and give us your opinion. The uh, person who sent us that email asked that they not be, um, you know, publicized in terms of their name. So we still haven't heard back from them. We wrote to them, and it's been almost a year now. Just to throw in on here at the end, we did the episode on the moon landing, and I went hard on the paint on room uh, 237 again, just looking at The Shining and all the different readings of that. And I'm so extremely jealous that you guys got to spend nights in those ski resorts. I don't know how jealous you would be because I don't know if they would count as spending full nights. We were, oh, yeah. we were talking about four to four to maybe at the most five and a half hours of sleep a night. It's true. Jeez. It was more like our bodies just sat somewhere for a moment. And, you know, like I said, we're not going to go into full detail about what this trip was about, but I have a feeling there will be some conspiracy stuff that will emerge from it soon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, I can't wait. Yeah. 
Hey, Noel, what's uh, what's next? Well, I'll tell you what's next, Ben. It's a shout-out from our sponsor. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then... You found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us Facet for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit Facet.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. And we're back. I have an email here from Riley, subject line, Our Conspiracy. What? Riley says, so here's a conspiracy relating to you guys. Quote, they, those behind the true events that you all talk about on the show, have you guys hired to throw us a bone by giving us the details that satisfy our minds and steer us off the path to figuring out the truth. I do love your show and the approach that you all take to present a logical story and keep it from getting cheesy. Smiley emoticon. What do you, uh, so th- I feel like that stopped short. I feel like there was a butt there. Mm-hmm. A missing butt. <laughs> the conspiracy of the missing butt. The case of the missing butt. Well, Riley, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. We have, for anybody who has checked out our YouTube show, uh, or you can also see it on Amazon and Spotify, uh, and stay tuned because we're, we're doing some, uh, some things with that. Uh, you can see that this is, this is something that's come up to us before, uh, we've had people write in to say, you know, you work for an intelligence agency. You're here to throw us off the trace. And I can assure you that if I work for an intelligence agency, first off, I don't know that. No one ever told me. And secondly, they're not paying me enough. Uh, but, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, you know, honestly, that, that is a, a logical question. It's one, it's one we've had before, but I, I think it comes from a place where you look at some, some people who do work in the same kind of field this show works in who do come off as if there's some sort of disinformation, not like astronaut, but disinformation mm-hmm. that these aren't all going to work. But the, my point is, you know, we've had people before who said that they think Alex Jones is a shill or a government asset. Oh, poor Jones. Come on guys. He thinks everybody else is. Well, here's an, well, here's another thing. And I'm not, these are not shots fired. These are observations. 
what what does it do when it, it it does it sound strange to anyone else when there's a show about oh the imminent collapse of the fiat currency that is the US dollar and it's very it's very alarmist and i've checked out the information we've done it too i mean it's there's no there's no other case to be made it is pretty much a fiat currency it's based on people's perception of value rather than intrinsic value now but it really weakens the case when this that episode is brought to you by people who want you to buy gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm just saying I can see where that disconnect is. Uh, I don't know about uh, you guys, no Matt, and I don't know about Scully, but I, I don't see any uh, government government spooks in the squad. So that must mean if one of us is, they must be really good. It's definitely not all of us because I'm not. I have a conspiracy. Yeah? Maybe I'm a mole. A moleman? What? A moleman. I was kind of brought in, you know, late in the game. Yeah, you were. You sort of accepted me into your your ranks, gave me the keys to the kingdom, as it were. And you knew our boss. I knew your boss. Oh, oh guys. I mean, you know, but would, would, would it be more in my best interest to to posit that if it were true? Or if it were not true, am I trying to throw you off my mole scent? Right. This is like the discussion of the poisoned wine in Princess my, Bride. My, my mole hair, my mole hair jacket, <laughs> my mole skin <laughs> notebook. Good mole sauce. Uh, I love a good mole. Yeah. No, seriously, guys, I'm I'm not. But you yeah. know, that that that's that's something that's fun about this conspiracy stuff overall to me. You know, whether you are all in, half in, all out, it reveals things about the thought process and about the way we view the world, just talking about even the most outlandish of conspiracy theories. Well, here's another thing, too, and I'm always going to jump in to to highlight this very important point. There is a false dichotomy that exists in real life and on the Internet between people, so-called skeptics and so-called conspiracy theorists. The idea, and I've said it before, the idea that um, some outlandish theory like a time cube hypothesis or whatever he calls it uh, and HSBC laundry money for drug cartels are the same thing or should be treated with the same degree of plausibility. It is a rhetorical tactic used to dismiss real things that one organization or another doesn't want you to know. So when you have friends who describe themselves as skeptics and then immediately dismiss something because it has the label conspiracy theory on it, remind them that the essence of skepticism is critical thinking. The essence of skepticism is not reacting to a term and letting that term, uh, function as a shortcut to circumvent actual analysis. And that, that's, I think that's a very important term. And it always makes my day when somebody writes to us and says, you know, I'm a skeptic. I appreciate the way that you're doing this, or I think you guys could have gone further. Here's what I believe. And we do our best to, as Noel said, explore some things that other shows just don't I don't know. Maybe they're scared to touch it. And while we're delving into this, uh, do you guys want to hear a, a laundry list of uh, some topic suggestions? Let me see yeah. what you guys think. Okay. So Metal Wolf writes to us, says, hi, guys. I recently subscribed to Stuff They Don't Want You Know and finished 468 episodes in two weeks. What? I know. It must be videos, right? I It says episodes, so maybe a mix. Uh I am hooked. I would like to recommend a couple of ideas for new episodes. I want to read these to you guys. I want to hear like mm-hmm. your reactions. And listeners, please let us know if you think this is interesting, too. All right. So first, the Korean War. Could a nuclear strike have ended the war with North Korea? Second, Korean Airlines. Uh, Flight 007. What was the reason behind the shooting? Uh, next, the Spanish-American War in the Philippines, which a lot of Americans aren't really conscious of. Uh, ghost Ship and the Orang Medan. Uh, che Guevara, and uh, he says these are current ideas in my head at the moment. I'll think of more and email them to you guys. Thanks, and definitely here's where things get crazy. I'd like to learn more about Che Guevara. I think that's that's pretty cool. I don't know what the stuff they don't want you to know is. Perhaps his connections to differing organizations. I I, I don't I don't know honestly. I don't know, but that sounds mm-hmm. interesting to me. 
What was the first one that he suggested? Uh, the first one that he suggested was the story of the Korean War, which okay. is, uh, he also mentioned could a nuclear strike have prevent, had ended the war in North Korea because, as we know, the Korean War is still continuing. Mm-hmm. Technically, there's an armistice, an increasingly unstable one, but technically the war is still continuing. We've always been at war with Eurasia, or East Asia, yeah. or Oceania. Uh, so there's a lot to dig in there. Uh, listeners, let us know if any of those ideas really uh, spark your interest. As for the Orang Medan, or Midan, it's a ghost ship uh, that became a, according to this story, became a shipwreck in the Dutch East Indies waters after its crew, entire crew, died uh, under... Suspicious circumstances mm. is the best way to say it. And this, this happened, uh, the earliest references back in the fifties. Now it's kind of a modern legend. Wow. Yeah. That one's interesting. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Metal Wolf. Thank you, Metal Wolf. And now we're moving on to Rusty. It's a quick one. Here it comes. You ready? Hey, what about a show about these creepy clown sightings, guys? Yeah. That came up on our secret trip as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, mainly just in punchy car banter, but yeah, I mean, if it feels like what started off as a hoax or as sort of a prank has either through copycatting and just escalation become a genuine threat. I mean, people are hiding out in the woods, wearing clown costumes and attacking passersby. And uh, I think just the other day, um, so one of them got shot in the face. Yeah, one of the clowns. The clowns. Wow. Yeah, people are, you know, regardless of how this started, uh, people are increasingly picking up this trend and dressing as clowns. And it's escalated, right? As as you said, Noel, uh, it's becoming a more and more common thing. And there's something strange and sinister about wearing another face and becoming another person. You know, so I think we, I think we could take a look at that because in the post Gacy environment, you know, other, other cultures, uh, love clowns. Yeah. When I was living abroad, there were, there were, it wasn't a party unless there was a clown there. And it's because a lot of people weren't aware of, you know, the, the West strange fascination with clowns as agents of chaos and change and danger. Speaking of kids and clowns, uh, New Haven Public Schools in New Haven, Connecticut won't be able to dress up as clowns this year, guys. They got banned. The clown costumes got banned. I mean, let's be real. Is that that big of a loss? I mean, clowns are weird, man. And you know, I, and I, now, now that I'm saying that, I'm sure there are some genuine clowns out there <laughs> who would take issue with all of this and feel like it is just dragging their good names through the mud. And I feel for that. I really do. Sure. I mean, clowning, potentially, when done with good intent, is a noble profession. I mean, sure. you know, and... Um, and an ancient art. And an ancient art. The, the ancient art of clowning. And I'm not I'm not, I'm not being a jerk here. I, I, I hate that, you know, a couple of bad eggs are ruining the whole egg bucket for these clowns out there i think it's a travesty as uh as our boy d trump would say uh it's sad <laughs> yes it's uh, a disgrace as dt would uh, as dt would say uh it and it's strange too because you know this is a serious pursuit where people will spend years perfecting an art or craft and then maybe somebody who's a criminal will just dress up in a in a very low rent uh, party city type Halloween costume and then perpetrate. These guys probably can't even juggle. Yeah. They probably, you know, ride in regular sized cars. There's probably only three of them in a car. I know. I'm making light, guys. I'm doing it again, but I'm serious. If there are yeah. any professional clowns out there, we really are interested. How is this a phenomenon affecting you? Um, you know, are you getting booked less? Are you seeing, um, people looking at you differently? You know, I mean, I know the idea of calorophobia, I believe is what it's called. Is mm-hmm. that right, Ben? Is a, is a phenomenon that, that I'm sure, uh, you know, causes some distrust of clowns in certain circles, but this is getting pretty ridiculous. So any clowns out there, write to us, let us know how this is affecting your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And thank you so much, Rusty. Our next, uh, our next letter comes from 
Edwin, who says, I would love to someday see an episode exploring the connection between widespread hallucinogen use during the 60s and the government. While Tim Leary was at Harvard, CIA agents were stationed on the campus. Gordon Wasson had his ties to big banks, and more than a few people suspect that Haight-Ashbury served as a free-range test of the effects of LSD and other experimental agents. Combine this with the connection between the Manson family and the Haight-Ashbury Free Clinic, and I think you have an episode for further reading look into jan irvin uh love it yeah we've done we've looked at uh several of these um edwin we've looked at the mk ultra connections we've looked at in our serial killer cults episode which was that series was way back in the day we mm-hmm. looked at the tentative connections between scientology and charles manson during his incarceration some of the experiments that the uh Kaczynski, who would later become the Unabomber, participated in in college. And is it uh, is it related? Is yeah. there something deeper here? Is there a web rather than a single spider? Yeah, we we had several people write in about Mockingbird Project Mockingbird, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's Operation Mockingbird, whatever it is, Mockingbird, because that that encompasses MK Ultra and several other things that we've looked at in the past. So we are on it, Edwin. Stay tuned. And in the meantime, uh, remember, when we mention these past episodes, if you haven't checked them out yet, you can find all the audio episodes at our website, stuffthey-don't-want-you-to-know.com. And you can find various things scattered about the web on us, uh, YouTube, Amazon. Various bits of Internet detritus and debris. <laughs> yes. So uh, who's who's next, guys? All right. I've got one from Amber here with uh, with some great show ideas. Amber says, recently got into your show and I am in love, but I noticed that you guys haven't done any episodes related to our very messed up healthcare system. Hmm. Um, and you know, we've, we've done some. We've done Big Pharma. Um, that's the one that comes to mind. Can you guys think of any other ones that we've done that might relate to that? Uh, let's see. We've done some stuff that ties into healthcare for veterans, mm-hmm. like, uh, depleted uranium in Iraq and, uh, Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. And we have not done we haven't we haven't done some of the vast healthcare conspiracies, but we've we've done like origins of disease with big pharma. We've, yeah, Superbug. Superbug was yeah, that's a great example. But I think maybe let's see let's see where we we, we go with this. Yeah. Um. So some examples might be uh, Amber's email says how difficult it is to get coverage, especially birth control, and how millions of people are in debt because of necessary but far too expensive hospital visits. Mm-hmm. Um. That's something that affects me personally, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Also, how about student loans? Sally Mae, come on, guys. That could be at least a two-parter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. My other girlfriend, Sally Mae. <laughs> She's your girlfriend? She is going to – it's a long-term relationship, my man. Okay. Yeah, she has, she's accustomed to a certain lifestyle. <laughs> See, she's my wife's, like, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. It's really killing me. What a time to be alive, yeah. indeed. All right, so let's uh, let's move on. It looks like already we're not, you know, we're not going to be able to get to everything here, but we uh, we hope this is inspiring folks to feel welcome to write in to us. Uh, I've got another quick one. Yeah, Susan uh, wrote to us on email. She asks, "Is big sugar the next or the new big tobacco?" Now, let's think about what that means, right? Mm-hmm. So big tobaccos, the, it, I guess it's referring to the idea that everyone smoked uh, during a long period of time there, especially here in the U.S. And then we started realizing, wait, the science is coming out that this smoking does some bad things to the people who take part in it. Then the big companies fought against these findings and then created their own research, uh, research groups that would then, you know, counteract and all that stuff. Um, it seems the science is coming out that sugar is a lot more dangerous for humans than we ever thought. Uh, we're changing up the way labels are on drinks and mm-hmm. other foods, like about how much added sugar there is, how many grams. Um, our producer here, Paul Deccant, is extremely interested in this topic, and I know he's doing research on it right now. So what... What this refers to is in recent news, uh, this past few months, uh, the public came to find that the sugar companies intentionally 
used their influence to finance studies that shifted the focus of uh, heart damage from sugar to fat. And these were decades old documents. This is some real Edward Bernays type stuff here. Uh, specifically, they paid Harvard scientists to do this. And, and it's weird because, you know, as you know, if you've read anything about nutrition online, week to week, there's a new miracle food and a new hidden danger. Drinking coffee gives you cancer, but also just, you know, prevents Alzheimer's and, uh, what, what else, what else would be another one? Quesadillas will give you brain damage, uh, but also may give you the ability to turn into a lynx. You know, it just, it gets strange, but there is some pretty solid evidence that there was collusion on the part of, uh, some manufacturers to, to mislead the public about the potential, uh, harmful effects of excessive sugar. Well, that sounds like an episode. Yeah, especially now we're hearing you know, a lot about um, how fat, which is, again, what they shifted the blame to, in certain doses and certain types of fats are actually good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, occur naturally regardless of your diet. Whatever, guys. I feel like it's all just this one big roller coaster of fat's good. Nope, now it's bad. Now sugar's good. Nope, no, now it's bad. Now carbs are good. Nope, they're the worst. Nope, it's <laughs> protein. You need the protein. Yeah, that's going to be the next one. And what money there would be to what money to be had? Can you imagine by predicting the next fad? You know, whoever bought a kale farm in like 1998 is just cashing in. Uh, all right, I have I have one, and this will probably be the last one for me uh, for now, just because we could do we could make this a two parter or a three parter. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a story about cattle mutilation from Sarah S. Hi, guys. I'm a new listener, and I decided to write in after I heard your cattle mutilation episode. Only use my first name, please. This is a real story, and don't say you think it's fake if you read it on the podcast. So we're not going to pass any judgment. I was about eight or nine years old at the time, and I went to one of my granddad's farms with him, and we had gone around checking cows, and we got to a very remote pasture. We found a dead cow. Her eyes were missing, and she had uh, this medicinal smell along with surgical cuts. I asked my granddad what it was, and he just gruffly said, coyotes most likely we had to chain her to the back of the truck and drag her to the woods he seemed pretty worried so i shut up neither of us said anything the whole way back to the house and when we got back to the house my grammy asked what was wrong and we both said that a cow died but nothing else after that everything was totally normal for us anyway we were up pretty late because we always get back really really late about 11 o'clock we saw a weird guy in the front yard but he wasn't like a man in black or somebody in a cult he was just there and that is how that is how it ends. So, Sarah, thank you for writing to us. We haven't had too many firsthand accounts of seeing cattle mutilation. Mm-hmm. And when we did that episode, you know, we looked into a lot of the possible causes and we found I, I don't know about you guys, but I found some stuff that convinced me, at least in some cases, it was not just an animal animal predation and scavengers. No, it's the chupacabra. <laughs> or or it's a it's violent humans. Yep. That's what I was gonna say. Practicing their eventual work that they're gonna do work. I say That's right on humans. I remember that was a that that was an interesting Dis- way of looking at it. Disturbingly, especially given possible. the blood being drained and there not being evidence of blood, you got to wonder if someone was draining it using tools and um, surgical tubing, maybe taking the blood away to use for things. Sounds mm-hmm. like the ice truck killer, right. Dexter. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I wish that show didn't jump the shark so much. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was so great in the beginning. And then also, uh, news for anyone who has like, like Matt and Noel and myself and our, our, uh, buddy Scott Benjamin, anyone who has an abiding fascination with serial killers, there's a new one suspected in Japan. Did you guys hear about this? I did not. Mm-mm. They've been, somebody's been poisoning elderly patients, about 48 of them. Yeah. Unidentified at this point, but they may have ghosted or they may have not been caught yet. So check that out and stay tuned. We'll let you know if we have any, any more. Uh, I guess we got time for a couple more. You trying to take a, take a shot of one? I've got a fast one here. Ben, you are going to love this one. It comes from Jennifer. She wrote to us on Facebook. She says, I don't know if this subject is in your wheelhouse or not. I think it is. <laughs> oh, I know this one. Yeah, but I think it's interesting. 
I also don't know how much real info there is about this, but I thought I'd pass it along. Also, I love you guys. Oh, thanks, Jennifer. When I found you, I started binging while trying to keep up with current shows. Now I keep current and try to binge with the archives regularly, and you guys do not disappoint. Oh, man, I thought there was going to be something else in here. <laughs> but uh, Well, that's very kind. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. But she she sent us this thing from the Des Moines Register. It's an article, and the title is Mysterious Winged Creature Still Hunted in Small Iowa Town. What? Is it a cryptid? You bet it is. It's called, well, it's referred to at least in this one uh, book as the Van Meter Visitor. Right, yes, and the story goes, uh, over several weeks in 1903, a group of prominent men reported seeing a half-human, half-animal with enormous smooth bat wings, fast-moving, smelled terrible, shot a blinding light out of its horned head, and... What? Yeah, and they said they ran it, there were several run-ins, allegedly. Looks like a pterodactyl. Yeah, it does. disappeared in a shaft of a coal mine, and then some folks set out to research the incident. This is, I love all of this. We haven't done a cryptid episode in a while. Yeah, we're going to change that. We have to, right? I would say so. I also hear Mothman might be in our future sometime soon. Right, Matt, but if I could quote Vigo from Ghostbusters 2, death is but a doorway, time is but a window. Mm. His name is Vigo. <laughs> the Carpathian. Wife to you and mother to me. <laughs> Man, Ghostbusters 2 is great. Uh, member guys, member Ghostbusters. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Jennifer. I, I will definitely check in, into this. Uh, we also found coincidentally, um, some compelling evidence for the origin of the so-called New Jersey devil or the Jersey devil. Ooh. Yeah. It turns out it was probably a political smear campaign. What? That birthed it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Fill you in off the air. Okay, all right. <laughs> and we can go back to it. All right, uh, Mr. Brown, the honor goes to you. Who is our last listener for today? This one comes from Jet. <laughs> hey, guys, Jet here, listening to your podcast on Big Pharma. I'm a nurse at a long-term care facility. One day after the house doctor had come in to do rounds, I was going through the new orders and noticed that he had prescribed a new drug called Linzus to every patient he had seen. This medication is for opioid-induced constipation. Only a few of these patients were even on any opioids. After he came in to see the rest of the patients, nearly all of them were now prescribed this med. When I asked my director of nursing about this, she stated, quote, Doc gets a kickback for prescribing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not completely sure what that meant, but many of the patients went on to develop terrible diarrhea from this drug since they didn't have what it was meant to treat, much to the dismay of the nursing staff in charge of the cleanup. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, we've heard about the way pharmaceutical companies uh, induce or influence doctors to prescribe things. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame. It's a it's a bit of a dirty business. I told you guys. Yeah, I told you guys about when we were we were about to have Ryder and we were hanging out in the office and this strapping young gentleman who's extremely tall, like li- just an attractive dude, right? Walks into the office. He's carrying a huge bag, and there are almost all uh, women working there, younger women who are in the front of the office. He walks in. And he has a tray of like cookies and all kinds of food to give to the staff. And it turned out, like just by listening to their conversation while I was in the waiting room, he was a rep for some drug company and was trying to sell drugs to the doctors, or at least sell the idea of selling the drugs to the doctors. Handing out mouse pads willy nilly. Who? I mean, right. just making it rain. Mouse pads and pens and swag, little uh, notepads as well. Maybe a hat, a T-shirt, sticky notes, key well, rings. <laughs> yeah. Well, I asked the receptionist what, like, what was that about? And she's like, Oh yeah, he he brings in lunches all the time. It's really nice when he's when he's around because you know you're gonna get free lunch. And I wonder what the legality of that stuff. No is such too. thing as a free lunch, Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure it's legal to an extent. Like, there's probably a capped amount of money that you're allowed to spend on that kind of stuff or at a certain doctor's office. I know nothing about it. I'm just saying, I'm assuming that it's legal, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, if you do it too much, it could be bad. We should go back into that because that ties into Amber's earlier, uh, suggestion of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good call. I'm starting to see some connections. Uh, so, 
Oh, yeah. Before we move on completely mm-hmm. and close out, I just noticed an article that uh, I saw pop up a couple times. This isn't directly related, but this is another uh, healthcare thing. Um, someone published a hospital bill with a line item on it reading skin to skin after C-section, thirty nine ninety five. In other words, wait, holding your baby, against holding your, your baby costs you thirty nine ninety five. Just going to show that they can itemize anything. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't fight back, it, it's just going to happen. You yep. have to check those charges. Oh man, that's that's terrifying. That reminds me of the old stuff with the Department of Defense and their contractors and their uh, hundred thousand dollar hammers and stuff. Or a hundred to a thousand dollar hammers. I don't think there were hundreds of thousands. Don't worry, guys. The market will correct itself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. The market will correct itself for the people who are running the market. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, so uh, this this has been a a pretty great thing for us, and we we hope you enjoyed. We hope you enjoyed listening to this. We want to give a big thank you to Zeke, Whitney, Amanda, Brian, Jordan, Jordan M, West, Riley, Metal, Wolf, Rusty, Edwin, Amber, Susan, Sarah, Jennifer, and Jet. And just a last shout out to um, Simon who. Came out to hang with us. Reading uh, my mind. When we yeah. were on uh, our our secret trip. Simon W. Simon W. You, really, really, you really met really... him in IRL. Yeah, we, we, we hung out and had some drinks and a little bit of some noodles. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, some some good times, some chats. Very nice dude. Um, really big fan of the show and all the How Stuff Works shows, and mm-hmm. um, really enjoyed meeting him. Yeah, so. it took it uh, t- uh, took us up on the offer to meet us. We are. Uh, for for the most part, regular people open books in a meadow on a sunny day, as I like to yeah, say. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so it w- it was neat because Simon's doing some really fascinating uh, research into imperialism and medicine in the Victorian era, uh, relating to mystery novels and also uh, exploring it through the work of Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, the creator of Sherlock Holmes. And that sounds fascinating. Yeah, it was it was a it was a great conversation, and it made me think that several of our coworkers who are it's weird to describe it like this because we we get at this job things that we're into or concepts or categories, and we have people who are really into uh, Victorian medicine, yeah. Victorian medical practices uh, specifically. So yeah, so thanks so much for dropping by, Simon. It made our day. Yeah, well, it didn't make my day, Simon, because I was here in Atlanta. So I'm next, all right? You gotta hang out. Somebody's gotta hold down the fort, my man. <laughs> okay. Oh, and for everyone who wrote to us, uh, about the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. For everyone who wrote to us about the Mandela effect, uh, it's funny because we never did an episode on it, I could swear, but I looked through the RSS feed and there's one there. Yeah, it, it had our voices on it too. I heard it. And oddly enough, we didn't start getting requests to do a Mandela Effect episode until this not-quite-remembered episode published. And it's it's strange. I mean, do you guys remember? I could swear we, we didn't do it. It's like that picture of Marty McFly in Back to the Future, mm-hmm. which is sort of fading into nothing. But in this case, it's a, a picture appearing, or it's an, a whole audio episode that I don't remember. And it just felt a little off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was uncomfortable listening to it, but for listeners who would who would like to give it a shout, uh, take a look. It, it's there in our RSS, where, and it's on our somehow on our website. And Matt puts a lot of the stuff on our website. So There was art. I, it looks like I made a picture for this thing. Well, check it out. Let us know what you think. To be fair, you can do that in your sleep. So, guys, anything else? Would you like to uh, take a take another listener mail episode a little down the line? We've got so many more. Thank you, everybody who's written to us over the years, really. But especially in the past few months, we've just got a huge list here. We only got to hit, you know, uh, a, a few, a fraction, yeah, a fraction a sliver, of them. So we will have to do so. this again in the future. So. Continue writing to us. We love having this back and forth conversation where we can really get insight from, from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just us sitting in this room alone. It's, it's pretty lonely sometimes. Oh man, I feel bad for you. No, for us, it's like uh, just the three of us in here trying to discuss all this stuff and there's everybody else out there. They've got valuable things to add. Well, you know, I have maybe three feelings a year, so I'm not, I'm not sure if loneliness is something I'm capable of, but. 
I totally understand uh, empirically what you're saying. Ben, I think you've had more than three feelings this year. I think you've exceeded your quota. No, I, no, I used I used them on that super secret trip. So I use the last one. You're depleted. I'm what depleted. happens if you do exceed the allocated number? I don't know. Explode. I would be, I, I guess that would immediately exceed it by two because then I would also probably be pretty happy but, that it <laughs> happened. Four feelings and embarrassment of riches. Uh, however, um, yeah, we're, we're joking a little bit there, but I do, I do remember, um, Noel, I'm so glad you brought up Simon because we talked about the Toynbee tiles. Mm. Doing something on that, which we've, which have been around for a while and, uh, it might fit in. We have a, we have a bunch of stuff coming on the way and now we have these excellent suggestions. Uh, we appreciate your time. Nowadays, time and attention are the most important currencies and you have chosen to spend some with us. We have some strange things coming up. We are coming back next week with some new episodes. We have some, uh, some interviews coming up. We have some, uh, Different things. I'm, I'm trying to be careful about what we say, you know, guys? Uh, the election is soon approaching. The election is soon approaching. The U.S. election. Boy, howdy. Cheese and crackers. What the dickens. And other anachronistic phrases. We're in for a wild ride, ladies and gentlemen, and we hope that you are riding along with us. That you can turn back now, or you can continue with the stuff they don't want you to know. And what I mean by that is, after we get off the air, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we are Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show. And then you can find our website, which we mentioned earlier. And if you would like to take a page from uh, your fellow listeners and write to us directly, you can reach us just like that. As quick as snap of your fingers from uh, whether you are in Atlanta here in the U.S. or in the hinterlands of Bhutan, Singapore, anywhere with an Internet connection. South Africa. We mm-hmm. just got an email from somebody mm-hmm. there. We are conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 